T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome back to the Playmakers on this Tuesday afternoon. Usually usually I'd say lovely. It's not. It's 101 degrees. But let's get ready to dive into the world of sports in the NBA Finals. Celtics-Warriors tied at one game apiece. Game three tomorrow night. So here to help us navigate these finals is the host of BetMGM tonight in Odyssey Sports, betting insider Trista Crick. Plus check out our NBA Heat Check podcast on the Odyssey app. All insider calls are presented by BetQL. Get access to the data and insights the sportsbooks don't want you to see. Bet smarter and beat the books. Download your, download the BetQL app or visit BetQL.com today. Great to have you on for our weekly visit, Trista Crick, fellow member of the Henrik Lundqvist fan club, I may add. Uh, what's going up for you on this particular Tuesday, my friend? Well, first and foremost, hoping to see Lundqvist on my television screen. Um, my former colleague, uh, Paul Bissonette, a.k.a. Biz, has shaved part of his head as some bet. Yeah. Uh, so he looks awesome. He looks like he's from The Simpsons right now, but he is standing next to Lundqvist, which, listen, Lundqvist is a really good-looking man, like probably one of the best-looking best hockey players I've ever seen in my life. So I can't wait for that. I'm hoping for a Ranger victory tonight, guys. Hell yeah. I need it. I want it. I never got to see the Rangers on uh, Friday like I thought I could. Tickets were too expensive. I ended up doing something else. So I'm hoping that they can get to the Stanley Cup final so that maybe I can try, try, try again. Hell yeah. I like that plan of action for you and, and potentially Rangers fans because I know I've been on their, their train for most of this postseason and I like their chances tonight, although the margin is very slim. But I got to talk some baseball with you because, you know, that's at the forefront of my mind at all times, Trista Crick. The Angels, ironically, have retained some of the best talent in baseball, but have just made the postseason once in the last 10 seasons. A few weeks ago, I wrote this question down and then we didn't get to talk to you, but they were in first place in the AL West by a single chest tear. And then a couple weeks later, they were four games back and now it's eight and a half and they just fired Joe Madden. So how do the Angels seemingly have two of the best players in baseball and still manage to suck this bad? I just don't think that their pitching is real. Like Shohei Otani is up and down. I think he's probably shown himself to be much more of a professional hitter and like a decent pitcher than, you know, someone like, you know, Max Scherzer or, you know, Verlander or Garrett Cole, some of these real deal, like, flamethrower. I like Choi Otani. He's a good player, but he's definitely not performing up to expectations from an MVP. So he's having a down year. Um, Thor has been okay, but other than them, the pitching hasn't been great. Uh, and like overall, sometimes when you have two guys, like there's plenty of players or there's plenty of teams that have, you know, two good players that are elite and you still can't get wins. It just, it just feels like they struggle to score on occasion. Uh, 
I don't really know. I mean, it's they're in Anaheim. They're in Anaheim. That's fair. It is very confusing, just like in terms of how much missed branding opportunities uh, there is with that team and how much better the league would be off if they were more successful. But but speaking of successful leagues and figuring out what the right uh, concoction is, we got to talk a little bit about that shifting professional golf landscape, at least on the men's side. Sides are being taken in the PGA versus LIV. We had the USGA come out today and say, hey, if you've qualified for the US Open, we're going to let you in. But I feel like that's going to change next year, right? Am I reading the tea leaves a little bit too deeply? I don't know because it depends on how many people really want to go over there. It's a tough subject, right? I've, mm-hmm. I've, I've thought about this a lot because specifically I'm thinking about women's golf. And if, if for some reason Saudi Arabia wanted to fund a secondary tour to the to the female game and give out prize money quadruple 10 times whatever with no cut you know how many women would go over even though it's it's sort of bonkers to say like there would be a situation where that would happen right just because of how saudi or saudi arabia feels about you know the role of women um but i just think about like people on tour who aren't making money um, cause you don't make anything. You have to pay your way to get there. If you get, even if you're exempt, you still have to pay your way to get there. You still have to find housing, you know, and if you miss the cut, there's really nothing in there for you. So I understand the, I understand what it would be like, well, you know, academically for someone to say, I'm going to give you $125 million just to compete in these seven tournaments. Doesn't matter how well you do. Just take the money up front guaranteed. And it's, it's weird, you know. I don't think it helps. Uh, I don't think it helps the game. Mm-mm. I think it's going to be really interesting to watch whether that's ending up being televised. Right now, you can watch it on YouTube. I think I will watch and see how it goes. The format's really interesting. And then, as a positive potentially, you know, maybe the format of the PGA Tour can change and innovate in order to keep up with you know, outside competitors, you know, competition in all things is good. Uh, that's kind of what helps progress move forward, right, is is outside places for people to go and do their thing if the current structure isn't working for them. But it's it's tough when the purse strings are Saudi Arabia. It's just really, really hard. No, 100%. And as we shift gears to the NBA and the NBA finals, uh, I want to take a different angle and approach and ask you first and foremost – how do you think Danny Ainge is experiencing these NBA finals, plus his experience with Utah and everything going on as being the president over there? First and foremost, Danny Ainge, I would imagine, I don't know him well, I've only met him like twice. Um, when you're at that level of him and have done the things that he's done in his life, you know your ego matches that, right? I think he feels responsible for this team. I think he feels like everybody who's on this team that's really, truly contributing, he put in motion to be on the team, even Al Horford. So Jalen Brown uh, is him. Jason Tatum is him. Rob Williams, him. Al Horford, the first time, him. Marcus Smart, him. So the team itself, organically, is him. Uh, Brad Stevens, maybe he wasn't a good coach, but he's in a position now because of Danny Ainge. Uh, So I think he feels like he's probably – the secondary person of importance 
uh, besides Ime Udoka. So I think he probably feels a, a great sense of pride for them to get to this place, them never breaking up, not splitting uh, what the potential of this team could be. He probably feels like he should get a ring for this. And then in terms of Utah, he can't feel good. He can't feel good about it. You know, Danny Ainge is in a place where his people uh, are prominent in Utah. Uh, you know, that's Danny Ainge, Mormon, uh, going into a te- into a city that you know in the state that is, you know, where where he wants to be, and that's great. After he said he was going to leave for family time, he's back into the business, and it's tough, right? Donovan Mitchell doesn't want to be there. Rudy Gobert doesn't like Donovan. Donovan doesn't like him. Uh, they have to cater, whether you like it or not. They're catering to Donovan Mitchell and Donovan Mitchell first and foremost in everything. I was told from Jake Fisher from Bleacher Report that it literally goes ownership in terms of decision-making, ownership, CAA, and Donovan Mitchell. CAA is Donovan Mitchell's agency. So literally everything, every move that's made is made with Donovan Mitchell's people approval. Whether that's, I think that's probably a bad thing, honestly. I don't think that you should cater your team to any individual player, even if that player is LeBron James because we see how that works with the Lakers organization. We see how that works with the Cleveland Cavaliers, that organization in the past. It doesn't necessarily always jive. So I think Donovan's probably got to figure out whether he's going to go, whether that means Miami, whether that means New York, who knows? Donovan Mitchell probably should play defense to play in either one of those teams, but it's a nightmare guys. Like it isn't, it, I don't know how it gets better. It feels like it's a complete rebuild. Get as much as you can for Donovan. Get multiple draft picks. Get Rudy. Get rid of Rudy while you're at it. I don't think you build one of them just because of their timetable and how much money they need to make and how hard it's going to be to rebuild around one of them, especially when you have no perimeter defense. Like if you could get, if you could trade Rudy Gobert for John Collins and DeAndre Hunter, I think you'd do that. Like a- absolutely. And then if you could trade. Uh, Donovan Mitchell for I don't know who the actual marquee player would be, but maybe like R.J. Barrett and some other young player on the Knicks and a bunch of draft picks, you do that too. And now you're, I don't want to say cooking with gas, but now you're at least in a place where you're starting to retool and rebuild with wing defenders in a league that needs that first and foremost over, over guards. Yeah, at least you got more than a Flintstone to get that car going, for sure. If Draymond Green had a, a business card to give you, what do you think would be on it right now? Because I'm so fascinated by the branding morphing that he's ushering in for the modern athlete. This dude's dropping pods hour after he does tumble class meets basketball, which I call Draymond's disruption. I think it would be Draymond. It would think it would be a black business card, uh, like real thick, with gold or silver writing on it. And it would be reflective, like it would literally change and morph uh, depending on the time of day that he gave you the card. And I think it'll say like, you know, five-time NBA champion, because at this point, that's when I'm going to get the card. Mm-hmm. They're going to win one now. So I think he gets five. Five-time NBA champion, defensive player of the year, uh, and NBA personality. And then, like, space, space, F you, right? That would absolutely be on that card, too, just to make sure and that you leave people back, off. And then, and then on the back, it will say, welcome to the new media. 
Yeah, the new Ooh. media. New media, all caps. New media. I like yeah. that a lot. That's that's actually a very, yeah, go ahead, Adrian. Go ahead. Yeah, I love that description, though. Yeah, no, 100%. And, and you just said that you have the Warriors winning this. Um, if I'm the Celtics own, I'm a Celtics fan. Like, one thing that I haven't been impressed with since they, they took on Miami is, like, the Jason Tatum drive from the elbow to the middle of the court with the spin move and then the automatic kick out to the corners. Like, the Warriors saw that. The Heat saw that. And then the settling for mid-range jumpers. Like, is there any hope for some offensive creativity for the Celtics in this series? No. I don't think so. <laughs> Me too. It's like, what is going on? Honestly, like, that's the biggest reason. If you look at, if you look at how good the Warriors are offensively from a creativity perspective, and then you match that up with how good Boston's defense is going to be, right? Offense almost always has the slight edge because of the way that the rules are, right? The yeah. Warriors have the edge there. And then you put, then you flip it, right? And then you take the Warriors' defense against the Boston offense. And then I, I actually think that the Warriors have a, a bigger advantage on that side of the floor than they do at the thing that they do the best because their offense is is so good, but also Boston's Boston's offense is is so whack. It seems like just such a messy uh, process to get baskets sometimes, and that's just, I think, the the prolific defense that both sides are playing with. But last week you talked about wearing Steph down and the Celtics' necessity slash ability to get him to run out gas in areas less productive. How would you grade the Celtics' effort in that so far, and how can they improve that? A D. Okay. A D. <laughs> like, that's generous, too. Here's the thing. I don't understand how one of the best defenses in history, because that's statistically where they're at, in terms of uh, just the defensive rating through time. I don't understand why you play drop coverage against Steph Curry. That's like a child could know not to do that. They like did it again. Knows. They did it in game they two. They did it in game what? one For and they what? did it in game two. I don't understand. <laughs> Fight through the freaking screens and get your body on Steph's body. And like, you know the saying, like if all I would say is like whoever's guarding Steph and whoever – Plural is guarding Steph. They need to be touching him at all times. the The term is like white on rice. No, it, it's a hundred percent. I know they they asked um, they asked the Celtics coach after the game like why they did it in game two, and he said we're just trying to show him different coverages. But at this point, it's like you have to blitz him and hope for the best. He likes that one. <laughs> yeah, and, and I understand like trying to show him different coverages and stuff, but giving the best shooter in the world all the space. It doesn't make any sense. But before we get you out of here, um, I, I did want to get your thoughts because yesterday it was kind of it wasn't necessarily shocking. But what do you think of Pat Riley in his closing press conference calling out Tyler Hero and Bam and Kyle Lowry and everything uh, that came from that press conference? Man, Pat Riley is so I don't even know the best way to say it. Like for him to be 70 plus years old and a savage. On every level. I can do more like push-ups than you. have seen him on winning time as a young man, and that has not left. He is ruthless. And, and we saw what he's done. It's not just what he says, because it's one thing to say, say those things, and then it's another thing to, to legitimately do them throughout the course of, of history, right? 
during that title run when he was an assistant coach, he's, he's trying to trade a guy that he's in the guy's house with at that time. He's literally trying to move him to get someone else. Like He got rid of Dwayne Wade. He got rid of LeBron James and Chris Bosh. Like when you are no longer a source of great utility, like your value uh, is lower than how much I need to pay you, then you're out of here. Like even if it's close, you're out of here. That just shows me that Tyler Hero is not not only not getting the max on the Heat, he's never going to start and probably not going to play for the Heat. And anybody else who's not on board uh, with the defensive philosophy being a two-way player, uh, you're also out of here. And that also means probably Donovan Mitchell either needs to tell and commit to being a two-way player like he was at Louisville, or he's never going to be a member of the Miami Heat either. The ringleader of Tyler Hero Slander, your presence, personality, and participation are most appreciated, Trista Crick, but I have one final question for you. Okay. Did you guys wait? Also, did you guys see where he said, I'm not leaving, I can do more push-ups than you? Yes. It's the savage that you said. You have savage. to, like you said, he's got he's got to walk the walk and talk the talk. He holds himself to the same type of standards. But before I let you go, Trista, what's your favorite type of whale? A killer whale. Okay, we'll say orca, but it's okay. Well, we are happy to have you in the fellow fan club, Trista Crick. That <laughs> MGM too. tonight heat check. Thank you so Wait, much for joining. Why, why? What am I missing here? You said killer whale. You're supposed to call them orcas. Like that's it gives them a bad name. We're trying to fight the stigma, you know. Oh, I, I didn't. Re- I didn't realize that. <laughs> well, now you know. You learn something new every day, and we always learn and are more uh, educated about basketball and other things when you join us, Trista Crick. Thank you so much, my friend. Thanks for having me. That was Trista Crick of BetMGM tonight. Heat Check podcast. All of that are on the Odyssey app. Uh, guests are always brought to us by BetQL. Smarter bets start with BetQL. Download the BetQL app or visit betql.com today. And on the other side of the break, walking paper madness. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for twenty-five dollars per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. Five dollars more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at twenty-four monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. Thirty-five dollars per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend four point four hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.